So welcome. This is the um, episode three of PFA Solutions Private Capital Talent Series. We've invited TMF Group's Kwame Lewis and our own PFA's uh, Ryan Berger uh, to talk about why the front office wants uh, CFOs to do more with less and how CFOs can get what they need and not end up regretting it. So I've been, I've been looking forward to this conversation. I can't wait for it. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for those uh, coming on with us today. You will see you can enter questions, and we look forward to seeing those, and we'll see if we can handle some of those at the end. We have a lot to talk about in 30 minutes. We also invite your feedback afterwards, and if there's, we have more episodes coming. If there's uh, guests or topics you'd like to hear about from us, we'd love to hear about it. Uh, but first, let's, let's dig in. Kwame, um, can you tell us a little bit about you? And uh, you, you came from PwC and then a private equity CFO. You're now co-leading North America funds work for TMF Group and starting out a brand new uh, unit to help CFOs uh, be their best selves. And um, you win chamber music competitions playing the clarinet. <laughs> and that's just my day job. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. Um, really, really excited about this conversation. Yes, I am actually a classical music uh, clarinetist, a classically trained music uh, clarinetist. So I've played in orchestras, and I was telling Chris that I used to be the president of a board of one of those orchestras. Um, so it's, uh, it's the only other thing I'm good at other than accounting and talking about private equity and funds and that type of thing. Uh, lots of exciting stuff happening at TMF Group in North America for funds. Absolutely, I, I was uh, running the, the fund administration business, but now um, I handed it off to my very capable uh, partner, Christopher, Christopher Smith, and now I'm focused on doing everything else, which is really exciting, including valuations, ESG, CFO support services, and just helping managers be their best selves, exactly as you said, Chris. So I'm really excited about our conversation today. I was coughing there. I put myself on mute. Uh, excellent. And and uh, we started talking in March. And um, the where I wanted to start is, is is I think I think a lot of folks um, consider you, given your background as a as a private equity uh, CFO, as a, as an advocate uh, for CFOs. Um, and I know there are many uh, private capital CFOs that, that that are powerful within the organization, but still wrestling to get the resources uh, they need from. What they, um, what we might call the front office. The so Ryan and I have talked about this as well, and and uh, this sort of distinguishing between middle and back and front office um, maybe is not exactly right. But um, how does how does this, someone in the in the CFO role? Um, how do you successfully partner with the front office and and ask for what you need um, to advance um, your work? What what's the um, what's what's the best way of doing it? Sometimes it seems like the the front office feels like they're doing a big favor to uh, the CFO or they say, is it really that complicated? Do you really need automation for this? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think, you know, like any relationship that you have, communication is key. And so one thing, obviously with the front office, another, another uh, name for them is the investment professional, deal guys, those guys who basically they do the fundraising, they do the, the investment selection and all of that. Um, that's their day job. They're out there looking for good deals, making sure that there's good returns for the investors, et cetera. Uh, but there's also the big machinery of dealing with the LPs, dealing with the investors, providing statements, providing 
uh, information to them as they needed, tax, ta tax information for them, K-1s, et cetera. And so it's really uh, uh, trying to communicate, educate those guys in terms of what you, what you need um, to, to effectively use, uh, work with the investors. Um, and of course, as you might imagine, that costs time, it costs money, and it's, uh, it impacts their bottom line. Because remember, a private equity firm, it is a business. And so um, trying to put in these extra uh, things, it always, you know, that's where that, that, that tug is in terms of getting the right resources to effectively do your job um, uh, in the back office. So um, I have a few points of, of things I, I've, I've done as a CFO myself. The first thing is just you know, having a goal, right? So for the entire organization, right? Uh, front, middle, back, no matter what, what's the goal for the organization? Being able to provide, you know, transparent information to your investors, being able to to understand the process flows within the private equity firm, uh, growing AUM, fundraising, et cetera. There's a lot of processes and goals that, that go into that. So that's the first thing you wanna do is kind of outline that goal. The second thing, as I said, communication is very, very important, right? You need to communicate as an organization. Uh, one of the things I used to do was have regular um, meetings. I used to call it leadership meetings in the firm where the, all the leaders of the front, middle, and back office would get together and talk through just the, the overall goal and strategy of the, of the private equity firm to try and make sure that everyone is aligned in that goal. Then the other thing I would do is document, right? So I'm an auditor, as you mentioned, from PwC. So documentation is, is key for me. And uh, I think it's key for any organization, making sure there's, there's a, a central repository of those processes, so everyone knows, and they're on the same uh, same playlist in terms of what the organization is doing and what we're trying to achieve. Strategy obviously is also very important. Being able to, you know, say, you know, we have these goals. Here's the strategy. This is, this is what we want to do, and then obviously executing is the last part of it. Executing those process improvements. So it's that it's like any other company where you just have to kind of take a step back and spend time with you know, all the leaders within the firm to, to achieve the goal of the, of the private equity firm. So goal, communication, documentation, strategy, uh, and then execution. Um, so it, it, we, we have talking points ahead of time. I'm, I'm gonna divert and ask a follow-up. Um, can you tell us more about how you connect the goal um, to, um, to, 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 to what, it, what it is that you need. I, I'm thinking automation, but um, um, how, how, do you, how do you draw that, that connection? Yeah, so basically what is needed from the back office is resources, people, right? So um, think of it this way, every fund that you raise, you need to have someone to, to track all of the investors that come into the fund someone to do all the accounting, someone to do all the reporting, someone to deal with all of the auditors, the tax folks, um, and any other vendors that come along, someone to deal with Ryan, you know, uh, trying to put in process improvement stuff. Um, but that's, that's again, you know, almost like the, the night job of, of, of the CFO because there's all these other things that have to get done for LP reporting, management reporting, carry, there's just so many things. 
And so there's a lot of resources that's needed to, you know, to effectively run your organization as a, as a private equity firm. And so that's really the need from the back office to the front office, being able to, to get all those things, um, to put this process improvement in place. Um, if you think about it in terms of the age, the age of, of, of firms, right? You know, this, the kind of begin, start, earlier firms probably started in this is in the 60s, 70s, 80s, right? And they started with spreadsheets, <laughs> you know, Ryan's enemy. <laughs> um, Everything is in a spreadsheet, you know, on a spreadsheet, it's all manual. And, you know, and that's fine for one small fund, but as time has progressed, um, you raise fund two, fund three, fund four, the, the funds continue to get larger. You have co-investments, you have SPVs. It starts to really become this, this large, you know, animal. And we have to tame this animal by being able to get the resources. The other side of it is obviously that costs money and that, that, that bleeds into the bottom line of the partners of the deal professionals. So that's where trying to work together with those five points I made, trying to really communicate beyond the same page of where we want the firm to go, how we're going to get there and what resources are needed to get us there really helps the firm. So if, if, we, um, if, we, if we move away from the, the CFO, the private capital CFO, we think of the resources um, that that person might uh, draw from, either hiring, outsourcing, uh, technology, some blend. Um, when you're working through those uh, five points, maybe internally before uh, using them as, as communication points, um, are there certain things you're looking for? Are there certain pain points you're looking to address? We hear com complaints uh, from CFOs about churn on the on the fund services side, or they might hear about you know, technology that is oversold and has too many gaps every time an edge case shows up? Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of different things. I mean, the first thing I'll start in reverse order with technology. Technology is fantastic. Um, we need it. It's a mindset change, if you could think of it that way, right? Because again, the firms have been doing it a particular way manually in a spreadsheet for, you know, 15, 20 years to now change that mindset into something with technology, it's a big mindset change. It also, it's, it's not in the skill set of the current people, right? Being able to implement a, a, a system is project management skills and, and, and IT skills that may not be there. So just, it, it, that's, the, that's the main pain point, right? So, you know, you have to either do your day job and get financials and reporting out or take a step back and be able to figure out this, implementing this system, choosing the system is another one as well, right? You have to go out there and talk to, the, to different vendors and everybody's telling you that their system is the best. <laughs> and you have to kind of effectively figure out which system to, to, to put in place. That's the first part. The second part is implementing it, right? And being able to get your staff to do that, which means taking time away from their day job. So, it, so that's really the pain point there with any type of technology implementation. It just it takes time and skill. The other side of it in terms of the day job itself, being able to do what I was talking about, financial statements, account statements, et cetera, it takes a lot of time. And so time means people. That means you need to hire the second and the third and the fourth accountant, right? And so then the firm turns away a little bit from actually doing deals and focusing on that the spending resources on the back office, being able to hire people to do all this accounting and operations. That's where the fund administrator comes in, right? So for, you can actually outsource some of that, some of that, those operations to a fund administrator 
to do that. They scale up and down. They, they would worry about the HR headache. They would worry about the costs and all of that. The tech input, all of that would be done by your fund administrator, thereby freeing you up to, to do more things internally. The other side of that is that the fund administrator can't do everything, right? So the fund administrator is not going to go to the Monday morning meetings with the deal guys and just be part of the operations of the firm. So you still need a CFO in there. You still need a controller in there to, to bridge the gap between it all, the fund administrator, the auditor, and the other vendors. Um, so really and truly, it is a mix of the three that you mentioned, outsourcing, keeping stuff in-house, and technology. And that's where, you know, just that's what I think about every day. That's what, you know, I try to help CFOs think through what is that strategy? What does that perfect balance look like? Perfect. Um, I'd like to come back to the fund services side, uh, but before I do, let me um, check in with Ryan on the on the on the technology side of things, and come back to those edge cases. Um, uh, one of my friends is in the fund accounting space. Um, many friends in the fund accounting space, um, and and if I talk to her about um, software, there's a bit of a groan in terms of yeah, it, you know, uh, it, it'll be good at this one thing. Um, but then you get past this one thing, you get into any particular nuance or, or edge cases, it doesn't talk to the software. It, 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 there, there, there is a fear of sort of being oversold um, when you're on the technology side, uh, speaking to Kwame before TMF uh, on, the, on the CFO side. Um, how, does, how does PFA address that? Or what questions would you invite CFOs to ask to, um, to get the right solutions? Sure, sure. I, I think that there, um, there are a lot of software vendors in the space, as Kwame mentioned, as, as, you, as your contact as a CFO mentioned, there's, there's actually hundreds of solutions out there. There's a website called PE Stack that has an inventory of 250 or over 250 different vendors, all in the private equity venture capital space. And when speaking with them, they mentioned there's about 50 more that they'd like to add. So there, um, it's a world of software vendors, and the there are a lot of point solutions, as you mentioned, that that focus on a very specific area. I, I think it's phenomenal that we have that many vendors in this space, and that we're continuing to grow, and we want to innovate, and we want to use technology. Um, I, I think it's really honing in on making sure that that provider can solve whatever solution that that you're looking to solve for. And it's, while it would be phenomenal to have an all-in-one solution to address everything on the investor relations, everything on the accounting, everything on the investment side, it's, it's just, we're not there yet. There's, there's too many nuances as you, as you pointed out. So I, I do think that it'll, it'll continue to be point, point solutions for given tasks. And then, and then obviously spending the time to have that integration. There are challenges there as, as your, your contact faced as well. So I, I think it's really just sitting down, really making sure that they ask all of the detailed questions of their internal employees that are going to be the users of the system, understanding the edge cases and making sure the vendor understands those. Um, in our case, we like to see those spreadsheets and go through them before we, before we end up signing on a new client. So we know what, what we're getting into and that they know what our solution solves for. And, and during all of our demos, we try to make it interactive where we ask them questions about, especially on the carried interest and compensation side, 
we try to make it interactive. While we're doing the demo, we ask them about their vesting schedule, about how they allocate carry, who's dilutable, who's accretable, are there other nuances or holdbacks, escrow, tax components that we have to think about? So we try to make it two-way and, and really look at those spreadsheets and what, we're, what they're working with and the challenges that they have before they, they sign up and start onboarding the solution. So if I go back to Kwame's um, uh, five points, um, so, so there's, the, so there's the, the goal, the communication and documentation, um, so it's what problems precisely are you seeking to, to solve? Um, Kwame, that sounds like the goal. Is that correct? I mean, if you were on the. Yeah, I think that it is the goal, right? So, so the goal for me as a, as a CFO would be to, uh, improve my operations overall, right? Uh, and it's all done manually right now, which means that it's subject to error because it's manual. It's subject to lots of people uh, doing it, spending a lot of time, a lot of late nights trying to get out this financial or that statement or whatnot. There's a lot of um, interaction with the LPs manually because they're asking for certain things. Uh, and all of those things can be solved with technology, right? So the goal for me would be to implement some type of technology solution to ease and, and to make that those operations much more efficient. Um, so absolutely, uh, I, I would turn to Ryan and his technology. And I have lots of spreadsheets, Ryan, if you ever want to look at them. <laughs> we, I'm well, willing to share. <laughs> spreadsheets spreadsheets aren't, aren't necessarily our enemy. We all love spreadsheets, but there's, there's a time and a place to rely on spreadsheets as your golden source of truth. So that's, that's where we... We love to use Excel to integrate data into our platform as well as to download information out. But our view is uh, it's not a scalable or uh, you know, a risk-prone solution. It's, it's great, but it, there, it comes with a cost, obviously, from a, a risk and scalability perspective. And a controls perspective as well. Controls just, perspective. You know, there's always errors in there. I've had many stories of, of just, just errors, you know, again, something's hard coded, something didn't change when you roll it forward, presents in a, you know, a lot of errors, it's a nightmare. So being able to have the solutions in place, the tech solutions to do it would be fantastic. The problem is getting from, you know, spreadsheets to the tech solution, there's a journey, right? And so you have to figure out like any journey, a plan, a goal to actually get from point A to point B and how to do it with the least disruption to your business. What's the um, conversation that the CFO has about um, carried interest? Why is that potentially um, a pain point? Yeah, no, so carry is the, is the golden egg. It's the reason why we get up in the morning. It's the reason why we invest in all these companies. Uh, obviously, yes, even more main reason is to provide that return to our investors. But the reason why we do it is to also get carried. And so tracking that carry is so is very very important and it's kept in a very small circle within the firm right so cfo usually administers it in a spreadsheet on his desktop um speaking with the, the highest levels of the firm the managing partners of the firm in terms of uh allocations investings and that type of thing so it has historically been seen as that very very um tight-knit uh group looking at carry Actually, we did a survey recently in our PF Insights and about 68% of the CFOs still do it, still do, do their carry allocation in the spreadsheet. 
And it's because of that. They're very, very concerned about carry. If any errors, anything like that, and it's a, it's a big deal. Uh, and so uh, that's why you know, people don't want to move it on to a technology platform. But the thing is, technology is perfect for carry because, again, it, get, it, it, it handles the calculations for you, it handles the vesting schedules, as Ryan correctly said, and it gives that transparency, right? So carry is a, a big part of compensation for your investment professionals in a private equity firm. They ask me, they used to come to my office every year, <laughs> and when, uh, every year for uh, compensation discussions, they ask me like, Kwame, how much carry do I get? And what does it mean? And how much is it valued? You know, and so that transparency is, a, is something else as well that technology can give. And actually Ryan and they have a really cool portal where people could go in and access their carry. I've got many of those questions as well. Kwame, what, how much is my carry in this fund? Right. I have to go dig it up in a spreadsheet as opposed to being able to have this portal, have that transparency with your deal professionals, it kind of really gets them more enamored with the, with the organization as well. Does it become a form of communication in and of itself? It becomes a form of communication in and of itself. And so you can just go in like, like your normal um, uh, HR portal or whatever, you could go right in and, and look and track your, um, track your carry, Track your documents, that's another big thing. All the carry needs to be signed. There's some legal document to get it. And after five, 10 years, because it takes that long to get carry paid out, and you're looking for your documents and you're like, where is it? You know, it's, it's great to have something all in one place in a repository. Uh, and so, you know, um, right, and they really have a good, a good tool to do that. It's really impressive. I was going to ask Ryan for a follow-up with before and after, but I think you just presented it. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> which is great. Thanks, thanks for um, the promotion. Well, no, but um, it, 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 coming back to the headline um, um, of, of, the, of the conversation, so, so, so the minds have met between, let's say a technology vendor, um, um, maybe it's, you know, fund services, the CFO then, needs to um, have that conversation with the investment side, the deal side. Um, Kwame, can you sort of walk us back through those, those sort of you know, five points? And um, if Kerry is the concrete example, um, uh, or, or if TMF is, is counseling your clients on how to make sure the CFOs have everything they need, um, how, how would you apply those, those five steps or are there particular things that you would call out that are concretely important? Yeah. So for the CFO, I think now the CFO is actually moving away from just being a finance professional to being one of the leaders of the firm. And so as you leave that firm and develop those goals, it's not only just about getting the accounts right. It's now about people. It's about strategies about getting, you know, just growing the firm like any other corporate uh, uh, enterprise. And so one of the things you want to focus on is your people. How do you keep your people, how you keep them engaged? Obviously we're coming out of this pandemic, so hybrid working and do you come back to the office or not? These are all things that uh, you're thinking about from a people strategy, being able to, to be transparent about carry would be something that you would want to also use as a, as a, as a carrot to keep people engaged and to keep people at your firm. And so, so if I were to go back to the, to the partners, that will happen. that's what I would leave with. From a strategic perspective, a wow. perspective, we want to be the best firm, the best private equity firm to work at. We, we're very people-centered and we're very transparent about everything, including carry. I think that's, that's how I would 
kind of put that into that framework. So that's a goal, a strategy there. The execution, I call Ryan and say, get me set up on PFS Solutions ASAP so I can so I can be able to get that going and then work with him to, to build that out and, and to have that transparency. And it's all documented, right? In, in that process. So I think that's how I would approach carry and, and approach the partners in trying to get uh, carry uh, to be automated. That is really, I didn't, I didn't think you were going to go there. That is really interesting in terms of enabling, if I understand correctly, enabling talent, enabling um, the right talent in the organization um, as, as, a, as a business leader. That is really interesting. Does that connect, um, I'm asking blindly, um, to, um, to, to what you're doing now at, at, at TMF? Um, or can you tell us more about um, CFOs and, and them um, basically, you know, becoming what they want to become. Yeah, so for CFOs to become what they want to become, they need people to help them, right? right. So, so at TMF, that's exactly what we do. That's, that's what my role is. So I help CFOs think through that, strategize, and then execute, right? So it's just so much hours in the day, so much time that you have, and it's something you want to do. You, you do want to address carry, and just physically don't have the time to do it. We could come in, we could help you strategize, say, you know, find the right solution, PFA solutions, haha, and then you know, actually execute that, that work in terms of working with the vendor, working with Ryan, and actually getting that up and running. That's exactly what we would do at TMF. So we do the fund administration for sure, but now in this new line of business, we want to help CFOs do whatever they need to do to be their better selves helping implement uh, technology solutions, helping think through strategy, helping coming up with, with the messaging to go back to their, to their front office. So, so it's, it's, it's to be, that, that, I mean, that is really cool because I think you just took a, uh, a technical um, uh, matter having to do with carry and then you, you connected it to an overarching uh, business goal. Um, that is fantastic. Um, we're, we're almost out of time. Um, uh, I do have uh, I do have one question that folks can um, hold on. And uh, Kwame, can you um, um, again tell us more about this new role that you have at TMF and that offering? Can you share more about that? Yeah, sure. So basically, I look at it as so the pillar is fund administration, so providing the financial reporting, providing the you know that NAV uh, investor reporting, all that we talked about. So that's the pillar, but then there's all these services around that that help um, CFOs and, and basically managers, fund managers to be better. So valuations is one. So valuations is done by the deal guys, it's done by the back office. It's a, it's a process. <laughs> it takes away from doing other things. We can, we can help you with that. We can take that on for you. The CFO support services, being able to do this list of, uh, of items that you just don't, you don't have the time to get to. We could come in on a, on a short-term basis and, and help with that. The tech implementations, the vendor selection process, all of that, we could come in and help you do that. ESG, right? Everybody's talking about ESG, it's a hot topic, but the actual execution of ESG at a lot of the firms is still very, very, it's in, it's in the nascent stages. So we'll come in, we help you assess your ESG policy, actually build an ESG policy and then actually implemented for you. 
Um, and there's m multiple other things that we do as well. So our capital markets, we, we, we do loan things. So just a lot of these other ancillary services. One more thing I forgot, portfolio company services, right? Being able to help your portfolio companies and their back offices, their finance functions actually stand up and, 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 and improve. So uh, there's a lot of these extra um, uh, ancillary services, I call it, that, that is important to the CFO and so we help the CFO improve all those services. I've got, okay. Uh, this will be the last one. There's one more, Brian. Oh, I was just gonna add, add to, to all those things that Kwame mentioned. All of that resonated with a recent survey that EY did where portfolio analytics, valuation, technology, investor relations, those were all the top priorities where CFOs wanted to spend more time. And they, they really, the other side of the equation was, they weren't focused enough on those areas, especially on portfolio analytics and the technology side. So it completely resonates across across with that data that just came out. Is this this so? This last question follows up on that. It looks like it. Um, how much demand are you seeing uh, for fund services providers to assist um, private equity firms with um, uh, portfolio companies and and their finance function? Uh, a lot, actually. So there's two levels, right? What is the portfolio monitoring, right? So being able to get that information, get that data from your portfolio companies and putting it into some type of format, uh, visually or otherwise, to uh, assess across your portfolio how your companies are doing, right? So that's the one level. But then the second level down is the actual, at the actual portfolio company, you know, there may be it depends on how their back office is. They may need some guidance and strategy to improve their, their systems, the ERP systems, to look at things like AR, AP, payroll, uh, inventory. They need that help on that level as well. So those are the two kind of levels where, you know, we would focus for portfolio companies. Fantastic. Okay, we've gone over time. I uh, really appreciate it, um, everybody for joining, Ryan and Kwame. And... Um, We'll uh, be back in touch for the next episode. Thanks again. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone.